This episode is brought to you by Sheeta and Nikki from Real Conversations with Sheeta and Nikki podcast. Creating quality episodes takes plenty of time, energy, and can be quite costly. If you have gained value in our podcast and would like to support us, please consider being a subscriber to our show. By becoming a monthly subscriber, you will have access to all episodes, exclusive content, giveaways, and podcast merchandise. You will even have an opportunity to be shouted out on an upcoming episode. We have goals for our podcast, and to help us achieve those goals, sign up to be a monthly subscriber by clicking the link in our bio and click on the subscribe to our podcast link. Now let's get into today's episode. Hello, everybody. My name is Shweta Sagar. I am the author of He Who Finds a Wife, and you are listening to Real Conversations with Sheeta and Nikki, and I am today's featured guest. Now, let's get into it. breaks, outtakes, we know how to vibe. Interviews, twos, latest news. Read your comments too, what are you thinking? Ooh, have lunch with us too, conversations with you. Real conversations with Sheeta Nikki. Real conversations with Sheeta Nikki. Conversations with Sheeta Nikki. Real conversations with Sheeta Nikki. Conversations with Sheeta Nikki. Oh. Welcome back to another episode of Real Conversations with Sheeta and Nikki. And today we have another amazing um, featured guest. She is a book author, Ms. Shweta Sagar. She is the author of He Who Finds a Wife. This book is about building a relationship with God as you prepare for marriage and making wise choices while dating. It highlights common deceptions and thoughts single people may have that possibly derails them from God's vision. Yes, Shweta shares her story of hope and healing as she built a close relationship with God. Please welcome author Shweta Saga to the show. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me, uh, Rashida to Nikki. Thank you. Yes, so we are excited. So do you want to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Yes. So my name is Shweta Sagar. I am uh, originally from the country of India, and I moved here about 14, 15 years ago. And I have been here ever since. I currently live in the Detroit area in Michigan, and I'm an engineer by profession. I also lead the young adult ministry in my church and part of a prophetic ministry. And uh, so I juggle work, ministry, life, and everything in between. 
I do. And then God keeps giving me books to write. So I keep busy with that. Yes, that's amazing. So tell us a little bit about your book. What's the, you know, the meat and potatoes of the book? How did you come about writing this book? Yeah, so to give a little backstory, um, I when I was uh, 16 years old, I remember reading a book. I was in India. I was just, uh, I think, in high school, and I read a book about the blueprint for a family, just what the role of a family is, uh, parents and children, and uh, what you know what what's God got to do with marriage, right? And uh, when I was reading it, I specifically read this piece about uh, premarital sex. And I remember when I read it, it said that if anyone engages in premarital sex, they don't really uh, get to enjoy the full glory of what God created sex for within a marriage. And as a 16-year-old, when I read that, I vowed to God. I said, God, you know, I want to preserve my body for you, for holiness and why not just limit it to my body? I want to even save my heart and my mind for the man that you have chosen for me. And, um, you know, ladies, it's so difficult, right? With all yeah. of the people that we come across, there are some very fancy, shiny men out there that we're, you know, we get tempted to, we want to get to know. But uh, making that vow, I've seen how God has walked with me uh, through that journey of pursuing holiness through Christ. And um, when I was, uh, I think, um, I don't remember how old I was, but in 2014, I was almost engaged to a man. And one of the things, like to the very last minute, um, one of the things that came in the way was money. Like he was a greedy man. Um, wow, I think that's the first time I said it. Like he was greedy and arrogant. And I was like, okay, you know, this is kind of going. Let's go with the flow. And I was just very passive. I went along with it. But then finally, God came through and, you know, like his true colors came out in front of my family. And then we were like, all right, this is not the person for you. And, um, and I started to think about how many deceptive things there are in people and uh, how there are so many things. Like, how do you choose the right person for yourself? Like, how do you go about it? And that's when um, God started revealing to me about so many times that I escaped people like people who had bad principles didn't have the same vision as me were uh were not really good character and you can't really tell a person's character when you look yeah. at them straight to their face yeah. but god knows the heart and i saw the answers through dreams sometimes sometimes i would just hear god say it hear a voice in my heart that would say it and uh that's when i was like okay god like this is this is a problem and i'm pretty sure a lot of women go through the the same thing and yeah. um, and I felt God say write your story I have prepared you for this and that's when I felt okay I gotta write a book about this and this was about yeah. 
six years ago, I started writing it, and yeah. with a full-time job, it's so difficult. But I just pressed on. Some days I would write a little bit, get really mm-hmm. emotional, go cry about it for days, and I was like, no, I don't want to go there, because if I go there, it hurts. God, like just remembering that yeah. memory, bringing that up, and feeling yeah. that feeling again. And every time mm-hmm. I would feel there was someone else out there feeling that exact same thing, and I mm-hmm. can be the voice that can come in and say like, hey it's okay there's somebody else who went through this before you and you are not alone and god knows this feeling very well and he knows the solution the answer to it so that's yeah. how this book came about mm, wow so what exactly was it that you were feeling was it like loneliness was it depression was it just a little bit of both or what what was it I think the main things for me was loneliness, depression, and um, and confidence. Like not feeling confident enough, feeling like something's wrong with me. Uh, why is it that I'm going through these rejections and the fear of rejection? That is a big ticket item. Fear of yeah. rejection. We all carry it, and before somebody can reject us, we reject them because we're so afraid of getting hurt. Yeah, yeah. that's so true. Yes. Yeah. Wow, that's deep. Yeah, I I think that that's one thing that we've all pretty much struggled with. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, a lot of times when you tell these men that you're on a roll of celibacy, they're not trying to hear it, or they'll try to play that game with you mm-hmm. as though, oh, okay, that's fine. When really they know that their intentions is something else. Right, right. And I can tell you, there are guys who will even tell you they love Jesus just so they can sleep with you. Yeah. Yes. That is so true. Yeah, that's why it is so important to make sure you have a relationship with God yourself and know him for yourself. Because like you said, it's people out there that would just say that Mm -hmm. just to get with you or, Mm -hmm. you know, get in your bed or whatever. But it's important to always know God first because God, like you said, Swetha, God will reveal things to you like in your dreams or, you know, he'll speak to you and communicate with you in ways that only you would receive it. Mm -hmm. So that's why it is so important to even, you know, before you get into a relationship to just build a relationship with God first. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So that's why I think your book is just so important you know to really get out there and for more people to know about your book because a lot of people have the same struggles that you just um expressed as well so you know you're not by yourself Mm -hmm. and sometimes people like you said they feel ashamed or you know Mm -hmm. they reject themselves before they allow someone else to you know even say no or whatever yeah so to have this book i feel like it would give people that are having those struggles, give them that confidence mm-hmm. that they need to, to continue to be themselves and not be afraid to build that in relationship with God and just wait on God's time. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Sometimes waiting on his timing too can be uh, 
it can mess with your confidence as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you Tell know? me about it. Tell me about it. Some, I think one of the biggest uh, things I've heard from a lot of single friends of mine is how long is this going to take? And a thought yeah. that comes somehow comes to all of them. And this is the same thought that runs through all their minds is like, I need to perfect myself so that God can bless me with somebody. And that mm-hmm. is such a lie because God has his time set. You just yeah. haven't walked into that appointed time. And uh, the enemy will play with your mind and give you all of these mm-hmm. ideas. One of the things I uh, I always teach my uh, young adults is that the enemy is not that creative. He's going to play mm-hmm. the same tricks on every single person. The only thing right. new about his tricks are the people he plays them on. So it's the same mm-hmm. thing. And that's why it's so important for us to be transparent, to open up to somebody we can trust and talk about it because we all go through the same things uh and i you know just to give an analogy i think of uh, jane goodall you know um the lady who sat with gorillas and learned their behavior and she knows what action means the same way the enemy has watched us as the human race for centuries Mm -hmm. he knows Mm -hmm. what triggers what and he manipulates it and it's not yeah. the people to blame you know we do our fight is not against flesh and blood but against the principalities of darkness that are manipulating people into behaving the way that they do and being ungodly mm, yeah wow that's deep that's really deep yeah um so what are some things i guess people can look for in your book uh, I think my book is a book of encouragement. Uh, mm-hmm. I I share my stories of how I have felt, how I have learned from my experiences. I am yeah. transparent about my experiences. Um, and I have written as much as I was allowed to write by the publisher. So some things we cannot wow. mention, some people we cannot mention. Uh, mm-hmm. But I said, no, I'm going to put my story out there. And uh, so that people can really learn they're they're not alone. And uh, all of the deceptions, I have a whole chapter about deceptions, right? Like how to identify what's a roadblock. And um, I think a lot of single women are, you know, in the back of your mind, you know that you cannot be unequally yoked. But what does that look like? Like, what does that mean? Like where? And they think like, you know, the same spiritual level or this has to match and that has to match. But God knows the heart. And it's really about pursuing what the Bible says, but depending on God to show you the truth about a person. We can never tell Mm -hmm. character or a person's heart, but God knows it. And through prayer, you can discover it. Um, I had a pastor read my book and she said that this book is so good for teenagers because it helps them prepare even as young people uh, who have a desire to get married or find a partner later in life. It tells them about, it warns them about the dangers of you know, being with somebody who's not equally yoked. And really, we think that um, we can, you know, our the good part of us can change the bad in somebody, but it's right. the other way around. You know, the Apostle Paul said, bad company corrupts good morals. And that mm. is so true. So my book is about preserving what you have for the good 
of not only your life, but how your life can be a testimony to others and how we can create a godly generation of people. Leave a legacy behind you. And and yeah. and if we started with our generation, it'll go from generation to generation. And right. just imagine we will have children of God living at peace, no heartbreak, no more sorrow. And I mean, we can have sorrow in different ways, but but just mm-hmm. being secure people, having secure people who are uh, content in their relationship. And then we can start a culture of holiness um, mm-hmm. just with our life. Yeah. 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 I agree. I definitely agree. Mm-hmm. It really starts from childhood, you know, mm-hmm. just enforcing and instilling those beliefs as a child. And like you said, as you grow and you have children, you kind of, they instill that in their children as well. And now you have a community of, you know, believers um, that all have that same way of thinking. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, did you, when you were growing up, did you grow up, you know, in a religious household or was it something that you were seeking and you kind of built that relationship with God on your own or how did that come about? So I was born in a Christian family. I went to church my whole life. Um, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, you know, this is unrelated to the book, but just a little bit about my spiritual journey. I, uh, when I was 15 years old, I went into this web of depression uh, mm-hmm. where I was just, you know, there was, there was, there was no connection with my mind and my heart. And I was just this sad person. And in those days, we I didn't really have, like you know this idea to go to a counselor nothing like that didn't didn't know it i would just cry myself to sleep every single night uh, because of just loneliness loneliness because uh, uh, so i was raised by my mother she's a single mother my father walked out on us when i was three years old uh, so not having a father knowing about god but not knowing him personally as a father and i didn't trust him as a man i didn't trust him as a father you know i mean god is not really a man but we call him a father and just that whole angle of like oh my gosh yeah. I, I i don't want to go near him like all right i'll worship you from a distance mm-hmm. but um and i love you because you gave up your life for me but yeah. can i trust you um so mm-hmm. during my years of depression i was um you know it was it went on for 12 years i was sad i was i was suicidal a lot of times but god preserved my life and i would write poetry in those days and uh, i would my poetry would always end with hope and i had hope that god would get me out of these situations someday and at mm-hmm. the end of those 12 years i went to a women's conference a three day conference where um just i gave my life to Jesus completely. Um, I, I was already born born again at the age of 13. I accepted Jesus, but I was delivered from 12 years of depression in three minutes. And uh, I, I stood up when I regained my strength. I was flat on the ground crying. And when I got up, I danced for the first time in my life. And I clapped till I my hands were all red and I had never clapped like that before. I was completely, completely set free. So I was anointed by the Holy Spirit. And that day I knew that my life is not just for myself. I have to go and share my experiences. Whatever I go through, I have to share it with people so that they don't go through the same things that I do. And even if there's someone in the same position as me, whether it's depression, whether it's loneliness, whether it's neglect, whether it's being 
um, raised by just a mother and no father, just uh, fatherlessness. I have seen how God has shown me that he is my father. And today I call myself yeah. a daddy's girl. And he <laughs> is God almighty. I call yeah. myself a daddy's girl. And I have no doubt about it. But just my story, just everything coming together. And since then, it's been, I've been uh, in ministry. I just knew instantly after that three-day conference, like, I have to go out and make disciples of Jesus. And yeah. um, and it's been, I think, 11 years since then. I have been 11 years depression clean. Okay. Um, and, yeah. uh, and if you look at me, you can't see any trace of it. People mm-hmm. were like, we, could, we wouldn't even guess that you were ever depressed because I carry this joy. And I am so cheerful and goofy all the time you can't tell i was ever depressed Mm, that's beautiful i'm glad you came out of that because you have so much to give Mm. to others so i'm happy to hear that thank you so is it so what i guess my question is what would advice or what would you what kind of advice would you give someone that may be doubting uh god right now like they haven't been in a relationship maybe for a long time and they they want to get married they want to have kids but they're it's like at a standstill you know they haven't been in a relationship they they might not be motivated to date you know and maybe they're just in that state where they're just really doubting god like what kind of advice would you give that person? So I would tell that person that God makes your dreams come true. He's the only one who can make your dreams come true. He is the one, if you partner with him, you will see the light at the end of this tunnel. I know it feels long. Sometimes you feel like God is withholding something from you. That's not true. God wants you to come closer to him so that you can see the world through his eyes. And when you start seeing the world through his eyes, you will start seeing the good in people whom you can trust and you will have that discernment to be able to identify like hey what's my future what have you have what do you have for me one of the things i write in my book is um you know if you have not received a promise or a dream or a vision about uh your future about having a husband and having children or having a wife and having children having family um ask god for it and he will give you when i was very young i don't remember i had my first dream that i was married to a man and i woke up i was a teenager then and i'm like what that was such a weird uh you know weird dream did that did i like watch something inappropriate do you think that's a result of watching something inappropriate mm-hmm. and uh, but i've had dreams like that and that's when i'm like you know what my my desire you know girls like I'm gonna be open about this my desire was all have a family because I didn't have one I didn't have my father it was just my mother and me I'm an only child and I've always wanted a family and that's been my deepest desire to have a whole unit not a broken one and I have given that to God I have waited over 20 years for that dream to come to pass but I know that it is going to happen and I know that God will not disappoint me because he makes dreams come true. You know, um, there is a verse in the Bible, I believe it's in Proverbs, I don't know the reference um, top of my head, but it says God takes the lonely and sets them in families to be a happy mother of children. 
And that mm-hmm. is so true. He takes the lonely and puts them in families. And this is you know this is for men and women and especially if there are any men listening to this uh i i i mentioned this even in my book like men you are called to go pursue your wife have the courage and trust god and go without reservation go forward without reservation find a woman find out about her and pursue her and for the women if somebody comes to you don't have any restraint open yourself freely not your body just your heart and your mind to see that person through god's eyes right each one men and women looking at each other with god's eyes and with having a vision of uh, family i think a lot of people are waiting 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 thinking that this man or woman is going to drop out of the sky i think that's happened in the bible for many people but i think mm-hmm. that if we align our steps with god that it will come and you know what um if there's any um if there's any fear about like hey i'm getting old when will i have kids as christian as a christian my cutoff is 89 or 90 that's when Abraham's wife had a baby like this was not a woman who was like just recently menopause she was like dried like 40 years past menopause she was 90 and i said as a christian my cutoff is 90 so it's in god's hands and i am not going to limit myself because i worship the same god and yeah. he doesn't change so if it can happen for sarah it can happen for me uh even isaac for the men isaac was like 40 years old and he was an only child okay only uh, being an only child i relate to him i can say that only children it's kind of boring it's kind of lonely because you don't have siblings you don't have anybody you just got to fight this whole world alone and being single unmarried it's hard it definitely is hard but when isaac saw Rebecca he saw her from a distance uh and he just fell in love with her and mm-hmm. he he was like yeah that's it that's the woman that's come in front of my eyes and I'm going to accept her the way that she is and I'm going to love her I'm not going to think about like oh maybe there's some other woman out there for me or maybe no this woman came in front of his eyes and he just embraced her and it's about embracing the person that God brings before you. Yeah. Wow. I feel so touched by that. I feel like that was really a word for me that you just said because mm-hmm. I feel that way a lot of times. Like I'll be 45 this month and mm-hmm. you know, I've always wanted children and I feel like now I'm kind of like at the point like you know i'm too old you know but i mean i feel like what you just said like maybe i'm the one that's giving myself a cut off date you know what i'm mm-hmm. saying yeah you haven't hit 90 yet yeah i, <laughs> I have through it i haven't i haven't hit that mark yet so yeah and you know it's maybe i'm just thinking about like i know my parents were older when they had me so you know by the time they had me and they had their other kids they was tired they didn't want to do anything they didn't want to go anywhere per se you know mm-hmm. later on in life as i got grown um you know we started traveling me and my mom but you know they was tired 
And mm-hmm. I just be like, I don't want to be like that. Like I want to be active and out mm-hmm. there, but I guess it's based too upon everyone's personality. You know what I'm saying? Everyone yeah. is so different, but you know, I love that love story that you just said because that's how I want my husband to be. <laughs> like I just saw her from across the room. <laughs> yeah. And man, I knew that was gonna be my wife. I've heard that before. Yeah. Yeah. But that's how I feel. That's what I want he him to tell me, hey, when I saw you, I knew you was gonna be my wife. So yeah. I speak that into existence. <laughs> Amen. Amen to that. Yes, and there are so many testimonies I've heard. Like they've just seen somebody across the room and God spoke to them and said, that's your wife and that's your husband. And you just know when when you come into the appointed time, it will flow beautifully. Yes, yes. Amen to that. For real. Yes. I wanted to talk about some of the experts that you had in your book. I was reading through it and... um. I know that you talk about the importance of um, taking care of the land that God has created as well as taking care of each other. Mm-hmm. What advice would you give to someone that has to deal with bitterness that they have that hinders in their heart? Mm, that's a good question. Yeah. yeah. No, bitterness. Um, I heard this just recently about how unresolved hurt turns into bitterness and then bitterness uh, become eventually turns into sin because that festers and it becomes sin. So we have to know that if you are bitter, you are on the path of sin and nobody, we, we don't want to be there, right? Uh, right? But when we have unresolved hurt that's causing bitterness, the only one who can replace that is Jesus. That's the mm-hmm. only person who can give you the solution and to help you overcome. I will give uh, an example. So when I was very young, I mentioned this in my book too, um, the first crush I had, you know, on a boy in Sunday school, um, and they, you know, I was like, yeah, you know, I like him, all right, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, but they, you know, like all of the Sunday school kids, they started making fun of me. I became like this laughing stock. That mm-hmm. put in me like this fear of, opening myself up and saying how I feel and I went into the cycle of shame for years like oh I was so embarrassed um so you know and and it aided to me not being confident through my young life you know through the years that somebody could have pursued me I pushed everybody away because of the fear of being ridiculed uh and I think a few, not a few months ago, but last year, God really spoke to me and he said, you were a kid, you were 14. And at 14, you know, your hormones are raging. And the first guy that came in front of you was this dude, right? What would your, and you just acted out of it. So it's not you, you did not do something and whatever transpired, uh, it happened, but it's not on you. And that really touched me. I said, you know what? I have been shaming myself for so many years that I made a fool of myself. And this guy was, you know, I don't like to say handsome or not and all of this. I think every person is unique. 
I don't think anybody can be classified as handsome. I think every person God has created is handsome and beautiful. Um, but this kid was like buck tooth, and you know, like he would play the guitar in front of Sunday school with his mouth open. I mean, <laughs> all of this. I was like, do you have a crush on this dude like, you know, this is the first thing that people my friends started teasing me with because we were like polar opposites they said oh yeah this kid in Trata, yeah this and they started teasing me with it so when that happened they you know something woke up inside of me like they disturbed my sleeping person my and they disturbed it and they put a boy in front and i was like oh okay this is what attraction looks like all right so God was like you were young you didn't know and you acted out of just childhood like you know you can't you can't blame yourself for things you did in your childhood because you didn't have the brain to process it you didn't have anything to think about like you you couldn't process your emotions you couldn't process your thoughts you're just like whatever comes to your mind you just do it um so i and that's when i said all right i'm gonna stop blaming myself and stop gonna i'm gonna stop feeling embarrassed and carrying shame because what if there was another young kid i would say the same thing to them like stop being ashamed you're a kid like things happen right so this is where the love of god brings the solution in what i heard from god like hey you were a kid don't blame yourself because you your brain was not developed and your hormones just kind of dictated what you did and that was the solution that came in and that's that broke off the bitterness i carried against that kid against myself for doing that and against all the shame that i carried for i can't tell you like i must have carried that for i was 14 now i'm 38 i must have carried it at least until i was 36 so like 22 years a lot of time um but but you know what jesus's love can come in tell you the solution and he'll break it off yeah wow yeah so yeah I also wanted to ask you, um, I know that you have, that your book is for everyone. So what advice would you give someone that's divorced or uh, widowed, those singles that are looking to find love again? Hmm. What would you tell them? Yeah. So for the divorce, like I wrote it just as the Bible says, Um, you know, there's um, Paul writes about how when you, are married to somebody you divorce and you go and marry somebody else it's considered adultery and i thought about it i was like how like they legally separated they legally did it um but god kind of spoke to me and said the first person you make a soul tie with you're already joined with that person and even if it's a marriage certificate it doesn't really break off what you built in the supernatural realm in that soul tie so um you know my answer is very sounds very textbook about like don't divorce but you know what jesus came to redeem us even though we're sinners even though we did everything wrong and no matter whether it's the the husband or the wife who's at fault it doesn't matter the other person deserves another chance 
They deserve another chance. And if the other party is already married, found somebody else, that's okay. God can heal every single one of our wounds. And He's taken our sins so far away that even He cannot see it. Now it says, uh, the Bible says that He's taken our transgressions among us as far as the East is from the West. And um, I explain that to my, myself and others as if I look out of the window, can I see China? I cannot. Same way, God cannot see your sin, and uh, and for those who are divorced, it's time for you to heal. Draw close to God, because He can bring the solution that can fix your wound. He can bring the bandaid, and He will help you grow and mature and heal. Because we are not meant to walk around on this earth bitter. Because if we are bitter, we're will create other bitter people but if yeah. we are full of love we will create an atmosphere of love people love you know love is contagious love is mm. contagious when you can show pure love the way jesus loved us without reservations without judgment without having to measure somebody if they're worth loving or not mm. then you can really love in freedom and that kind of love you can only get from god yeah yeah i feel like everything that you're saying is so it needs to be said like i feel like it needs to be talked about more you know because a lot of people they do struggle with relationships um and mending relationships because of that bitterness that's keeping them from doing it not just romantic relationships but Mm -hmm. you know friendships or you know, mother-daughter relationships, all, you know, different type of relationships, I feel like would benefit from just reading this book because a lot of chains, chains will be broken just from reading this book. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Yeah. So do you have like a favorite chapter or like, not a favorite, but maybe like one of the most important chapters in the book or do you feel like the whole book is just... Uh, so I have made it very easy to read by kind of breaking down into sections. Okay. I'm looking at my table of con because it's been a while since I read my own okay. book. <laughs> uh, but I've broken it down into sections. So it's like if you open the book from anywhere, you can kind of uh, read it. It's not It's not something that's flowing. I've separated it into concepts. I'm mm-hmm. a very like a concept teacher. So I, I put, I, I teach you the concept. What's behind? What does this okay. really say? And uh, I think one of the most beautiful chapters I wrote, and it was totally, totally from God. It's not something I... I thought about before as I was writing, there was the story that was just flowing through my heart. I felt like there was this direct connection from my heart to my fingers. My mind was, uh, you know, it, I was not pre-thinking. It was just coming out. And it is the very first chapter. He made them female and female. And it's about the story of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. And uh, it talks about the beauty of marriage and the beauty of fellowship and a relationship and how beautiful it is when there is no baggage when there is no sin when there's just god there is this beautiful man that god created out of the earth and this beautiful woman who god created out of bone and i think it is for reason that he created both of them with different material so that they can challenge each other but yet mold like 
just come together into the image of God and to know that they have been made by God Almighty. And think about like, you know, in the real in the real world, you can't really expect it. But just think like if we didn't have like all of these sorrows, these challenges, these troubles and disease and all of it and a and a man would wake up in the morning and he would say to his wife, "You are made in the image of God." And a wife would say, "You are made in the image of God." And they knew the truth behind it. How beautiful would that be, right? And yeah. I can look and it's not just between a husband and a wife, but I believe this is what heaven's like people will go out of uh you know will 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 go face to face in front of somebody and say like man you are the image of god and that person will say that same thing to you and both of us don't look anything like each other yeah. but that is the image of god and how beautiful he made us male and female for a reason because oh, we nice. are created for covenant we are created for that relationship a fellowship of coming together not just living parallel lives but an intermingling and uh, that we could blend our lives together and live and and, and bring a difference in this world i think yeah. there's so much you know as a single person i always think like i would i could really welcome some help in ministry like i could welcome another person i could do so much if i had a person motivating me because i get all of these ideas i'm telling you guys i i have all of these ideas but i don't take half of them <laughs> into uh into real into reality yeah that's so how I'm we are like, too. Yeah. yeah we the same way <laughs> yeah I we have that same problem yeah i was yeah. just talking about that last night to somebody <laughs> yeah but uh yeah. just imagine like hand in hand we can accomplish so much so much yeah, yeah. and uh, there's a verse i can't remember the re reference off my head but um it says that uh one person can put ten thousand to flight uh and um two can put a ten what a, I got the number wrong, but whatever it is, it's like a multiplied. Say one person could be ten people to fly, the other ten thousand. So it's like a exponential number. Um, okay. But uh, yeah, it's a good thing I didn't quote it. I was going to quote it wrong then. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yes, you know, two people can do a lot more than just one person walking alone. So pursuing relationships, uh, not just romantic relationships, but even just uh, our family relationships and uh, mm -hmm. our friendships, like pursuing them is so important because in isolation, yeah. we will be lost. In isolation, we are, we crumble. We were made to fellowship. We were made to be around people. And I think this pandemic has really, a lot of people are in depression. A lot of people are suicidal. A lot of people yeah. are, um, are struggling because we have gone into a place of isolation, which yeah. was never God's yeah. plan for mankind. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I love your confidence, Swetha. Like, I just love your energy and just your confidence that you have. Just when you're talking about your book, I can tell that you're, you know, you really live by uh the content that you wrote in your book and you really put your heart and soul into this book yeah, yeah. thank you rashida yeah and you can really you can really tell yeah. thank you thank you that's uh that's very encouraging to hear because 
you know, I think it it's every person's goal. We want to live what we profess. And yes. uh, to just to hear that from you, it's very encouraging. Thank you. Yes. So you're working on a second book. Yes. Okay. So you want to talk about that a little bit? Is it kind of on the same content or is it a little bit different? So my second book is a little different. Uh, my second book is about leadership and how God is uh, calling us to be leaders like Jesus. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's about identifying where you can bring servant leadership in, where you can bring um, Jesus in. I felt I felt like, you know, with my first book, God is really compelling people to get into marriages, to find a person, get married. And with my second book, God is compelling people to become leaders, to go mm-hmm. pursue promotions, pr- pursue leadership, pursue mm-hmm. a place where you are at the head and where you get to influence other people. Uh, I had an experience at work, my previous workplace, where I was um, went through harassment through the manager. And I remember just being like, this is not what true leadership is. Jesus wouldn't treat me like this. Jesus wouldn't always find fault with me. And uh, anyone who's in the corporate world has these performance reviews at the end of it. And in corporate, people have to write something negative just so you wouldn't qualify for a raise because the company can't afford it right so it's like this it's it's like you are sacrificed like you know when they tell me like oh yeah but you didn't do this i'm like i just put my blood sweat and everything for for this man and then he tells me i didn't do something that was disappointing for me i am a words of affirmation person and really broke me down and the harassment i felt and i felt like it was one thing god spoke to me which i almost told my manager i wish i did because he left the company right after but um, it was about you know true humility is not you know it's very easy to bow before somebody who's your superior and to please them and to be really nice to them but true humility comes in when you can bow and put yourself below those who work for you from whom you cannot get anything you cannot get anything from them but they are looking to you and if you can show kindness you can show grace and you can show true leadership uh, and humility towards them that is of value is of value that's exactly what jesus did like he came for people whom he could get nothing from and came and gave up everything for those people to help them reach where he is so i believe that there is a time coming where jesus is expecting reformation in the corporate world and our workplaces in the marketplace where he's challenging christians to take the image of jesus to take disciples of jesus become leaders become leaders in the marketplace he will give you the wisdom but when the righteous rule the people rejoice but under a wicked king people will perish for the betterment of the world to make a change we have to pursue leaderships and there's a part of this book which i'm really excited as i am writing as i'm thinking about it as i'm writing and god is revealing to me is about how the millennial reign of christ is going to be what it's going to be like how um 
government offices are going to be set up like uh, this is truly I am amazed as this is revealed to me uh, of how like Jesus is going to come as the perfect leader and every person on this planet is going to prosper through in their own land where they are and that is going to be like this glorious beautiful time and you know what i believe that god is preparing us for that and as believers we can we have to pursue leadership positions and uh my my you know i'm not yet settled on the title of the book i'm still Mm -hmm. kind of going back and forth but the subtitle is saying it says um saying no to bureaucracy and yes to leadership so that's, mm. that's what the book is about. Wow. Yeah. That's great. Because I think we've all seen someone, know someone, or even ourselves. Like, we know that they would be a great person in a leadership role, but mm-hmm. they're scared to step up and take that chance. Mm-hmm. You know, I know I've personally seen a lot of times people they've been at the company for so long they know the job back and forth but then a new person comes in because they don't want to step up and take the role i don't want to be a boss i don't want to be in leadership but you're training somebody else to be your boss and you already know what to do it's like you will be a great boss but then you have you're training this person then they come in and they could be the worst boss ever you know yeah yeah so yeah i think that's a book that definitely needs to be out there you know we need to step into our purpose and a lot of times we're scared and we just sit back and we just let opportunity and life just pass us by yeah yeah another thing i would like to mention i remember talking to somebody about pursuing leadership positions and uh they're like oh you know we don't want we're we're not living on this earth to get more money or to get more power uh and these are believers right but i said no you're not doing it for the money or the power you are doing it so other people will be blessed through your life through your style of management because christ lives in you and that's going to be evident and the people are going to rejoice the people who report to you they are the ones who will benefit from you standing in that place of, a, of leadership and mm-hmm. that is the goal it's not for of course like yeah. management you make more money yeah but you're not doing it for the money you are doing yeah. it to make other people's lives better whether they're believers or not because we mm-hmm. are meant to be an example and and called to be great leaders mm-hmm. i agree I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so true. And I think that um our podcast really is it is in a way like a sense of ministry, I mm-hmm. guess, because we really created our podcast to really reach other people and to learn from them and for them to learn from us. Mm-hmm. Um so we're kind of like in a leadership role with mm-hmm. you would say yeah to where we really want to teach other people you know things that they might not know you know getting you know like you said sway to having a better relationship with god mm-hmm. or just reading more like we're doing this book series so mm-hmm. just um bringing awareness to people that may not you know otherwise know about it mm-hmm. you know so 
I think it's important to have great leadership. And I hope that we are doing our best mm-hmm. of, you know, being leaders yes. as well. You know, because yes. we really do this from the heart, yeah. you know. And every day I do pray that, you know, people that we see and come across, they see our heart mm-hmm. and see that we're really genuine people that really want to just help others and just mm-hmm. educate other people. So you're the next book. I'm definitely here. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And I commend you ladies for um, just, you know, taking the step to steward this op- opportunity to build this platform for yourselves. You are taking charge. You are taking charge and saying like, I want to make good use of the influence that I can have on this earth. And every person yes. has a sphere of influence. And how do we steward that? And I feel like you ladies are doing a great job just stewarding this opportunity. I mean, you built this platform for yourself and you built this so that you can change lives. And that's that's the whole point of us being here, right? Yeah. And wanting to do this. And if, if we figured it out, we want others to figure it out as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah, just that act of service. Yes, serving mm-hmm. others because this is bigger than us. Mm-hmm. Like yes. we wanted to get bigger, you know, mm-hmm. it's bigger than us. So yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for that. Yeah, you are welcome. Yes. We appreciate that. So Swetha, I see you on. I don't know if you see it, but I see you on a bigger platform soon. Thank you. Yeah, you have yeah. a lot of, you know a lot of things that people can benefit from and need to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Thank you, Rashida. Yeah, I'm one of those uh, shy people. Like, uh, you know, if there's an opportunity, <laughs> I, I will blurt out everything. But going <laughs> up, I kind of hide. But uh, but I am challenging myself this year to step yeah. out, just yeah. walk out in boldness because I don't want what God has sown in my heart and in my life to go to waste. Yeah. It is better for it to come out and mm-hmm. influence other people and they will be able to share their stories with others and those others will share it with others and there mm-hmm. can be this trickle effect and when we make a difference, when we can change lives, our life is truly meaningful. Even when I talk to some, you know, any young person and they're really sad and I say, and I'm able to bring a solution to them and I'm able to speak life into them, but I'm able to encourage them. And, you know, their whole demeanor changes, their faces lit up now and, yeah. and they go about their way. Think about the other 10 people that they will be able to do the same exact thing that I did for them that they will be able to do it to others. What a beautiful planet this would be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And every, you know, like you ask anybody, they're like, what do you want? You know, people who are non-Christian or, you know, non-believers, yeah. they'll say world peace. Well, how do you get there? How do you get to yeah. world peace? Right. Yeah. By yeah. influencing one another. And if we're all on the same page, and we can have different stories, we can have different uh, ideas of how to go about it. But as um, as long as we stay to the truth, the core of yeah. us sticks to the truth about how to, how you do it doesn't matter. But mm-hmm. what is the change you are bringing? Like, what is the, um, what is it, uh, MVP or like the product, mm-hmm. the minimum viable product? Yeah, the minimum viable mm-hmm. product of your life. What is that? And I think that's, 
bringing a difference like bringing a change making a difference that should be our mvp and i think like it brings me satisfaction when i see that i yeah. change somebody's day oh my gosh yeah. that you know that really gives me um confidence i feel better about myself so mm-hmm. even if you're not doing it for somebody do it for yourself it feels great yeah 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 i love your confidence and i feel like through the book and the more books that you write you're gonna touch just so many people's lives Mm -hmm. like you're gonna be that light that ray of hope that people have been doubting themselves on Mm -hmm. you know and you're gonna come in and they're just gonna have so much hope um just from reading your book Thank you. Thank you, Rashida. Thank you, Nikia. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Uh, I hope your listeners will be blessed. I, you know, I know my book is very Christian oriented, but it is for anybody. You know, you don't have to believe in God to be, um, to be encouraged, right? You, but you can listen to my experiences. You can read about my experiences and you can, you can draw strength from that. And I yeah. want to encourage people. Um, I don't. I don't want to see sad singles anymore. I want to see singles who are happy, who are excited. I know I have come to a place where I'm excited. In fact, sometimes I tell myself like, oh, another person in my house. Oh my gosh! <laughs> like I love my peace. Like I love the independence. But I know, I know that I will not get like a troublemaker in my house. There will be somebody beautiful who will, we will gel yeah. completely like beautiful. And I know i'm far out you know my brain works much better today than 20 years ago and Mm -hmm. i'm able to process things and uh i know that i have a bright future and i want every single person to say i have a bright future ahead of me i am going to be a mother i'm going to be a father i'm going to i'm going to influence the community around me i'm going to raise godly children and you know what if somebody who who cannot conceive i want to say that um you know, children are children. I am a big advocate for adoption. Uh, me, mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, uh, in James, in the book of James, it says that true religion is taking care of the orphaned, the widowed, um, and uh, yeah, orphaned and the widowed. And true religion, meaning the practice of our faith. So the mm-hmm. true practice of our, our faith is when we can take care of the orphaned, and the widowed because they don't have anybody and uh, i am just waiting to get married so that i can i can give another person a whole complete family um and um, you know in god's time it will happen um you know if god blesses me with my own children yay i would still adopt even if i don't have children i would still adopt and uh, and i think you know as a believer i Christian's duty to adopt, to take care of the orphans, and to take care of the widow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Yes. I love it. Yeah. I really love it. Mm-hmm. So, Swetha, can you let us know, uh, well, let our listeners know where they can purchase the book, and if you have any social media that they want to follow you or get some more information about when your next book is coming out? Yes. So, I am 
in the process of creating like a social media like on instagram uh, which is not my personal account i'm still in the process of doing that guys but you can purchase my book on he who finds a wife the book.com he who finds okay. a wife the book even if you google it it's on amazon you'll find it barnes and nobles um you just need to kind of type my name shweta sagar because there's another book with the same name written by uh, another man but i felt very strongly to call my book you know title my book he who finds a wife though there was another book with the same title um mm-hmm. i felt in my spirit that this is the name that god gave it and that's what i need to name it um so yeah so just look for he who finds a wife considering marriage in a world of compelling reasons not to Okay. Right. Sounds good. And I'll, I'll hold it up. I'll hold it up so they can see if anyone's watching the video. So it's okay. a book with two people holding hands. Uh, my cousin, uh, Cheryl Paregi, she took this picture. She's a great graphic designer. So I trusted her. I said, oh, wow. in all of the world, I want you to do mine. I didn't even give that opportunity to the publisher. I'm sure they have great technicians and designers. But yeah. my cousin did such a great job and just... Um, So uh, please do get my book. You can find it on Amazon too. Just make yeah. sure you type my name, Shweta Sagar. And mm-hmm. I hope it really blesses you. One of the things I think um, at the end, I have these declarations for yourself as a man, as a woman, uh, and mm-hmm. as a person. And to just speak those out loud and to affirm who you are. Yeah. I said adds value to your identity, helps you realize yeah. who you are. And I want to let you guys know you are not alone. We're all in this together and we're going to hold hands and go forward. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, I love it. Yes. Thank you so much for coming on. We really, really enjoyed you. Yes, I Thank love you. the conversation. I I learned something today myself. Um, and I just hope that our listeners, you know, have gained value as well from just listening to you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Rashida. Thank you, Nikki. Have a nice yeah. evening, ladies. Thank you. All right. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. All right, you all. We just want to thank again, Swetha Sagar, for being our guest today on today's episode. I hope that you all have gained some knowledge and wisdom uh, from today's episode, because I know we did. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so we want to end today's episode with um, our takeaway. Today's takeaway is Gratitude is like a magnet. The more grateful you are, the more you will receive to be grateful for. From Miss Ayala Vincent. Mm. Okay. Gratitude. We talked about that on episode. Humility. Mm. Being a leader. Yeah. Having that humility as a leader. Yes. Definitely. Yes. So thanks so much for watching, guys. Make sure that you continue to follow us on all our social media platforms, our TikTok, Sheeta and Nikki, our Instagram, Real Conversations 21, our Facebook page, Real Conversations with Sheeta and Nikki, and of course, their YouTube. Join the family. Yes. Hit the subscribe button, y'all. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that's Sheeta, Real Conversations with Sheeta and Nikki Podcast. 
So you can go on there. You can get your episodes two days earlier than when it drops on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all other media platforms. So why not? And you get a chance to see us. (laughs) Thanks for watching, guys. All right. Bye. everyone this is nikki and sheeta from real conversations with sheeta and nikki i wanted to talk with you about the importance of having a morning routine did you know according to a poll conducted by a website named the sleep judge the poll consisted of more than a thousand participants data concluded found that the individuals who stuck to a morning routine earn more than a whopping $12,000 more per year than those who have a casual approach to the morning. Having a morning routine has shown to increase energy and productivity, as well as having better focus and improved happiness. Having a morning routine is not about perfection, but about consistency. There will be days when your morning routine will be thrown off or simply can't be completed that day, and that's okay. That's why we suggest Habit Nest Journals. Habit Nest Journals take you day by day with numbered pages and words of encouragement and tips for each day. Habit Nest Journals help you set a morning routine that's customizable for each individual's personal needs. Please click the link in our bio for your Habit Nest Journal today.